0: Hello there. I have returned after a couple of weeks of absence. Um, I'm sure no one really noticed or cared, but uh, yeah, I was away for a couple of weeks. Um, the Wednesday before last, when I normally would have recorded a weekly podcast, um, I worked quite late and I essentially went straight to the, the Three Arena in Dublin. So I went to go see um, the Always Sunny in Philadelphia lads, uh, which was enjoyable. It a good crack. Um, but then during the intermission of that, show i went to go talk to some people and uh, i realized my voice was gone and then i woke up the next day and i felt like i had the worst case of flu Um, i only took one day off work um which i probably should have taken more because it took a good solid 10 11 days to get over the whole thing Um, it went from like a fluid like type symptoms to, to like a chest infection i was coughing my guts up Um, i know oh, i should have pretty sought medical attention after you know i got to about four days in um, I did try and make a doctor's appointment, but um, like everything in the world these days, uh, it was incredibly difficult. Um, I tried to make a doctor's appointment last Wednesday, and the earliest my doctor could see me was uh, tomorrow, which would be uh, Thursday. So I just rolled it out. Um, probably would has been given antibiotics anyway, which essentially just means the next time I get sick, the antibiotics won't work. So, you know. Probably this way, yeah. You know, I suffered through for a few days longer than I should have, but my body will probably have built up immunity to whatever it was. Um, there's a W124 cruising by me. No, which I'll take a photo of and then I'll post up too. As a pretty knows, I'm I'm outside doing this um, because one, it's a beautiful day in Dublin. The weather is finally picking up. Um, I said, I said it's a lovely, lovely 18 to 19 degrees out, um, and the sun is shining. Which is good to see because we've gone several weeks, uh, months even. Um, obviously, some of those months were time, so you expect it to be shit. But it's taken a while for the, uh, the, the spring weather to, to, to rear its head. And hopefully, this isn't the beginning of a, uh, what happens in Ireland sometimes a kind of a, a false dawn. And um, we get a, a few weeks of nice weather in late spring. And our summer is shit. Um, Obviously, this is just obviously this is just a little teaser to what would be a lovely summer. Because fuck it, we're due. Um, we put up with enough shit. I think we're due a, a decent bit of weather. Anyway, I'm, as ever, I'm rambling. Um, yes, I'm outside. So, um, the reason I'm outside is because it's a lovely day. But also, I now have I have an external microphone. And um, finally, um, whether it's any use, I don't know. This is the first time I've used it. Um, to be fair to the, the method I was using, which was just my, the microphone on my phone, um, the audio quality that was pretty good, but you can only really use it indoors. Um, this uh, external microphone I have now does have a little windshield on it. Um, it is quite breezy, today, despite the, the good weather, and um, so we'll see if it's any use it manages to uh, block out any wind noise. Um, this could be terrible, Um we will see, you know, trial by error and all that shit. Um, also as well it means when I'm walking around I might see some stuff like that 124 that just drove by me and I can post it on Instagram and go hey look this is what I was talking about and um, before I started um, recording I walked by an L322 Range Rover um, and had very gaudy looking rims on it so they had Land Rovers or sorry Range Rover centre caps on them but I doubt that means they were necessarily OEM but maybe they are again I'll post it on Instagram and someone can tell me um, so where, yeah before I get too rambly and, and too off-topic um, and a rare bit of serious talk, um, so it's, it's been a couple of weeks since I spoke to you on this uh, shitty podcast, but um, obviously since I last spoke to you, we had the, uh, the tragic passing of Craig Breen. Um, I got a push notification, and it's one of the ones where like, I get push notifications from news apps, and you've kind got something terrible going on in the world, So I try and block out because, you know... Try not look at the news anymore because it's just depressing. But this one, like I saw Craig Breen's name, and it was midweek, and I knew there was no rally on. I was like, "Oh no!" I'm like, yeah, though. Like, like I like thought, that one hit hit me hard. I'm not gonna lie. I was like, Jesus. Because, like any Irish person who's interested in sports, I'm sure you've been you've been following um, Craig Breen's career, like I have for well over a decade. Um, and he was really on a he was really on a run of good form. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, You can see, the at my lurgy still. Still still lingering. Um, Yeah, he was on a good run of form. um, Nearly winning the uh, Rally Sweden. uh, Finishing second overall. Almost playing the team game. He was was supposed to finish third to hand um, his teammate Thierry Nouveau. Um, who's doing a full campaign. Craig was only doing a a select few rounds of the WRC this year. Um, He was supposed to hand him second place, but then Thierry Nouveau, uh, made a bit of a whoopsie, and Craig ended up taking second anyway. Um, he felt like his, his first WRC win was was only around the corner, really. Um, yeah, just I, I won't say too much more because obviously, you know, I'm, it, it's been a couple of weeks now, and I'm sure you've heard all the eulogies from everyone. Um, but um, just a just a, a top bloke. Um, whenever you heard interviews of, with him, um, I never met him, unfortunately. Um, I, would, I would like to have just shook his hand, because he just yeah, just seemed like a top bloke. And uh, a true lover of, of rallying and motorsport. Um, I don't know if anyone's ever been to the uh, rally school of Ireland up in, is it Fermanagh? Up north, anyway. Um, they used to have um, a Metro 6R4, but um, they've also moved it on since, because the prices of those have gone mental. Um, but um, Craig Breen actually bought it. And you didn't buy it just as lock it into a shed. He bought it because he really wanted a Metro 604 and he used it. Um, just go onto, onto YouTube and, and search uh, Craig Breen um, Metro 604. There's a great onboard video of him flaking him down. I think, I think it's an Irish rally um, of some description. Um, yeah, just a great way. That's just, that's the best thing, I suppose, about um, someone uh, of the modern era is there's just endless footage of Craig Breen um, out there for us to, to, to see how, how much of a talent he was, um, but yeah, look, I'm rambling as usual. Um, to be sorely missed um, a true legend of the sport, and um, yeah, my thoughts are with his friends and family, um, most importantly, and uh, yeah, may he rest in peace. Um, try and pick up then the mood now. Um, sorry, I didn't mean to depress you at all again, um, but there's another thing to take a picture of. It's a five-door uh, Mark V Golf four thirty two thirty two. Um, I know the uh you know, opinions kind of uh, are split on um different toyo boxes. Are the boxes of the sports um, is it a manual? Yes, oh, Um, <clears throat> I like them. I like the Mark IV and and the Mark V. Yeah, I'm sure they're not the be all and end all of a of a performance hatchback. They're quite heavy, um, but they sound great, and I think. Both in value and, and interest, uh, they will only appreciate as time goes forward. Because um, imagine telling the youth of tomorrow, um, yeah, you used to have to buy a Volkswagen Golf with a uh, narrow angle um, V6 engine up front uh, with 3,200cc uh, um, and a 200 and 200 something brake, which I you know isn't a lot concerning the capacity. And how much the road tax are marked by? 1,809 euro. Um N C T is out, surprise me. I'm sure it's booked, but um you can't like like, like my doctor's appointment, uh, you can't get an N C T for Loving Our Money in this country because the country is fucked. Um I was gonna say this is probably gonna be a relatively short podcast, but I've basically undone my introduction and I've rambled like a mad thing as I always do. Um I did have a look at the, the motoring landscape uh, before I started recording. Um See if any interesting news, but to be honest, there really hasn't been much. Um, I think that's just uh, that's, a, uh, that's kind of just how the the general. Um, what am I trying to say? I'm a fucking idiot. Um, I'm a man, and I'm a, I'm, a, I'm not a particularly intelligent man. And men can't multitask, and I seemingly can't walk and uh, talk at the same time. Um, but yeah. Yeah, the, the motoring landscape is, has been dull um, and uninspiring over the last couple of weeks. Sure, there's been plenty of stuff like launched and news and stuff, but it's mostly just been EVs. And as I said before, I'm not anti EV, but I just, there's nothing to be excited about. Um, a couple of things that did as well sort of piqued my interest um, Mercedes have released a special edition of the G Wagen. Um, I probably should have noticed Exactly why would it be forty years of the G wagon? I'm sure it's thirty five years. Thirty five years doesn't seem like a uh, uh, doesn't seem like a milestone celebration. Must be forty years anyway. Irrelevant, not relevant. Look it up yourself. I can't do all the work, um, but it's uh, like you would have expected. And look, the business case would have been there for them just to do a special edition G sixty three. Yeah. just whatever stuck some fucking badges on it and it would have sold they could have sold it for probably double the price of a normal uh g63 and yeah but they didn't that's not what they did what they've done is they've done they didn't actually mention what engines were in it or maybe you can maybe you can pick and choose what engine you want but it essentially looks like a uh a Wagon from the uh from the mid 80s and that lovely kind of a pea green color and it's got small wheels and it's another flim flam body kit. And it doesn't exhaust hanging out the side of it. Um, yeah, it's, it's nice to see they didn't. They, they resisted the urge to go G63 AMG, absolute wankery. Um, I, have, I, have I have a disdain for G wagons that are set up to just make loud noises and have giant wheels that will be utterly, utterly terrible off road and um, completely defeating the purpose for the vehicle. Um, yeah, and then what was the other thing that not, uh, really piqued my p- p- interest in the, in the modern news? There was something else. That's not what well, I'm trying to think of last, but I can't remember. Um, the only other thing I suppose that has been like, the British media kind of made a guff- guffaw about it. Um, this whole Jaguar Land Rover rebrand thing. Um, I don't know if it was just the PR marketing team of Jaguar Land Rover, making a faux pas with the wording of their press release um, or they did it intentionally and they got the they got the reams and reams of headlines that they wanted um, to try and uh, push brand awareness Um like certain man letting me past um, in his van. Um, so basically they're they're having a bit of a reshuffle in Jaguar Land Rover. Um, it's still going to be called JLR, but it's going to be called JLR. But they're going to have, I think, four or five brands. Jaguar is going to be kind of pushed up market. Um, and they're going to be like Bentley rivaling high-end EVs. The first one being, I think, a four-door, high-performance, highly luxurious saloon car, if my memory serves you correct. And Jaguar, so it'll be Jaguar and then... Jaguar will be one of the brands, Range Rover will be a brand, and then I think Defender is going to be a brand, and Discovery will be a brand, and then there's no mention of Land Rover being one of the brands, um, so everyone's like, oh my god, we're killing off the Land Rover name, but they're not, that's what they said anyway, the Land Rover badges will still be on Range Rovers and on Discoveries and Defender's. Um, and it'll still be on dealership, outside um, dealership, signage and stuff. Um, but anyway, when it first broke, all the fucking, oh my God. And everyone's still kind of kicking up with fuss like, how is it not one of the key brands? But I, I, it's a lot of wank. I, 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 the, the cynic in me would say, Jaguar Land Rover did this on purpose. Um, so there won't be all this uh, hoo-ha from the press. And they got basically loads of free marketing out of it. And um, what was the other? There was another, there was some other vehicle launched where I was like, oh, that's kind of interesting. Fuck. I remember like a fucking goldfish. Uh, God damn it. Now there's nothing as well driving by for me to, to uh, fill in the dead air here. What the fuck was the, This is what I mean. Like, there's just, even, even though there's something I want to talk about, it probably isn't even that exciting. That, um, there's a Range Rover actually, meaningly enough, which has a Land Rover badge on the back of it. Um There's a uh, there's a Range Rover Sport which has a Land Rover badge on it. Um, God damn it! What was that other piece of motoring? Oh yeah. Um, there's been spy shots of uh, a M3 CSL Touring knocking around the Nurburgring. Um, and look, again, I'm, I, I know I sound like a cynic, and well, I am, because we live in cynical times in the motoring world. I'm glad it's come. If it, if it turns out to be true, um, and it is a real thing, I'm happy that it will exist. Um, a big, fast estate car um, is, a, is always a good thing. Um, regardless of what's a better bike, I think uh, fast EV estates, which will hopefully be a thing. More estate cars instead of SUVs is a good thing, full we'll stop. But anyway, But the M3, the M3 touring generally, I think it's come along two, three, four generations too late, Um, they actually made that E46 M3 uh, touring which they made one of, Um, they actually put that in production, that would be an amazing Um, thing. Yeah, like this new, an M4 CSL, I think is a, that must be what, a quarter of a million euro car? the boy one over here so what uh, yeah the, the, the touring will be something similar which is just ludicrous um and otherwise the car generally has gone mad um like i think the the new the new m2 i think that's going to start something like 150 grand over here um which look it's a it's a car which essentially will be faster than supercars even a decade and a half ago but still it's a small BMW Performance Coupe. Um, yeah, and it's now well over six figures before is start fucking ticking any boxes. Anyway, yeah. M3 CSL touring. Um, I'm glad it exists. It'd be great, it'd be great for people to manage to get their hands on one. But, um, yeah, too little, too late, I think. I um, oh, said too little. Too much, too late. I, think. I don't know, I'm not me yet again. Anyway, but yeah, I'll say, like, that's I'm sure there's other a few little flim-flammy things that have happened in the last couple of weeks. Um, but nothing that I really cared to, to, to talk about because I was looking at something going, oh, maybe I mentioned that on the podcast. And I just I got bored myself uh, reading and just uh, stopped. Anyway, what have I been doing in, other than being sick um, a couple of weeks, uh, I did go, I probably shouldn't have gone on an airplane, um, but I did go to Uh, Mr. Heritage for the Sunday scramble the weekend before last, um, which was phenomenal. So unsurprisingly, Um, as I'm sure you've all seen, as I had um, footage from from previous scrambles, which made me go, "I want to go to one of those because I'm going to be able to see things I'll probably never ever get a chance to see again." Um, So I applied for tickets for the one just gone, the April scramble. Which it, was, which, which it was called, surprisingly, being a scramble in April. Um, but well I went to go for tickets, um, it was sold out. But uh, I put my, put my name down on the on the wait list should uh, tickets pop up. And they did. So I bought one. Um, non-car people, when I told them I was flying. But actually, I flew in Sunday morning, got a rental car, drove to Bister. Uh, stayed there for a few hours, drove back to the airport, flew home. Um Non-car people were kind of like, that's ludicrous. Why would you do such a thing? Why is this being a return about something in the... Do you not clamp this car required for four young children when they have the access, access driveway, blah, blah, What um, the thing? Yes. Um, yeah, non-car people, when they found out, I went to the effort um, to go to a, to a, a car show, essentially. Um, I spent all the mo- all that money, which I didn't calculate. Um, I'm sure it was a couple of hundred euro all in, flights, rental car, tickets, food, transport, etc. Um, but it doesn't matter. Um, you know, I mean, I I've paid ludicrous amounts of money to go to uh, concerts, um, see comedians. You know, like, uh, and. It was an unbelievable day out, and I, I said I, I saw things I probably never ever see again. Um, so yeah, so I flew into Birmingham Airport, uh, got a rental car, uh, which was a Ford Fiesta. Um, I think it was like a three-year-old Ford Fiesta, a seventy plate, just means it came out in twenty twenty. I don't know. I can't understand how the UK reg system works. Um, and. It was a it was an upgrade because I, I, I went for Hyundai i10 or similar. And they were like, hey, free upgrade. I was like, yeah, cool. Um, here's a Fiesta. Um, but my God, it was spectacular up to the gills. I don't know if it was a, a Vignale, um, but um, it had everything, everything on it. Um, like heated steering wheel, heated seats, dual zone climate control. Um, but the best thing about it was it had a banging and stereo. And because I, mean, I had had. Um, had Android auto and carplay, and so I was able to put the pump my, t- pump my tunes and the sound quality was delicious um lovely little car um I' no idea what engine was in it um gotta say it was the one liter turbo um, which is a nice little car sorry, some power to this going here, and um, I'll see that one in fact there's a yeah there's a fiesta right there fiesta van um but anyway, yeah' lovely, it was only a fifty minute drive up to Bister from Birmingham airport um you get there, you drive in, park your car. And then I spent the guts of two hours, I'd say, just walking around the car park before I even went inside. Because um, the stuff in the car park alone was just like, holy shit balls. Um, like, just like, you're walking around the car park and there, it's like, there was a, a Renault Sport Spider. Um, and then beside it was a, like, 1985, Nissan Sunny Estate that was completely standard, but like it was on like lowering springs. And then beside it was uh, a, a 911, um, 911 R, like an a, a air-cooled 911 R. Now, whether it was a real one or not, I don't know. It might have been a replica, but still. Give you kind of the idea of the spread of stuff just in the car park before you even get inside. So yeah, I spent a good two hours just wandering around the car park going, holy shit, look at that, holy shit, look at that, holy shit, look at that. And then you get inside, and then, uh, and again, I'm sure you've all seen like footage and photos and stuff of this house. And like, it seems like it's quite a small event. And like it's not a huge place, but the, the use of space is brilliant. It's, like, it's not just like, here's a row of stuff, here's a row of stuff, here's a row of stuff. It, stuff is just like, you go around a, around a corner and then like there's a whole set of like old pre-war racing cars, and you go around another corner and like a, a plethora of like old Lamborghinis and just like stuff like there was a mirror parked next to a contact next to, parked next to a Diablo VT. I could go outrageous with the stuff. That, like but I'm I'm rambling to see, look, I'm getting over excited, just thinking about it. Um with the Lexus SC430. Um they um they annoy me because I used to work in a tire shop in Canada, and yeah, those flat faces on those um, on the alloys, on those SC430s, to balance the wheel, um, you have to take that off, and it has it, 12 little Allen key screws, so if you take you unscrew all them, take that flat face off, balance the wheel, and then when you put it back on with that plastic thing on it, the wheel's unbalanced again, because you've balanced the wheel without that piece of plastic on it. Um, Terrible things. A bit of an oversight by Lexus, I must say. again when it's it's an American design Lexus rather than Japanese one. So they go through. I know a certain someone who has a soft spot for them, and um, and he is wrong. You know who you are if you're listening. Um, what was I fucking talking about? Oh yeah, Mister Heritage. Um, yeah, but one of yeah one of the biggest highlights of the whole day, um, was the Gordon Murray t 50 was there. Um. Which is a great, which is, you know, it's one of those things that, you know, I might never see one of those again. Um, it's not exactly being built in massive numbers. Um, it's a very expensive car. And no doubt, a large majority of them are going to end up being mothballed and put in collections, never to see the light of day. Now, it's a relatively new car. Not quite at McLaren F1 levels of value so far. I think he's making slightly more of them than the McLaren F1. Um, so you, I might get a chance to see one of them again. Um, think of McLaren F1s, there, there is a McLaren F1 in Ireland, which I'm sure everyone's aware of, owned by, I think, believe, believe J.P. McManus. Um, black, former Southern Illinois McLaren F1, um, which was actually on show in Limerick. There was some show on in Limerick this weekend, which I didn't go to, because it was a ticketed event and I had other things to do. But, um, yeah, getting off topic... Um, yeah, maybe I will see a a, a a GMA T50 again at some point in my life, but um, I might not, and so I'm glad I saw one there. Um, uh what else? I I won't ramble on. There's a there's a highlight reel on my Instagram, car underscore no sore. Um, if you don't already follow me? Um, I think it's I think I have it labeled scramble. Um, have a flick through it there. I. I took a lot of photos, but again, there's just so much stuff there. There's no way you could, there's no way you could cover everything. Um, I, um, I was actually listening to the My Week in Cars, the Auto Car Podcast with Steve Copley and uh, Matt Pryor today. They were talking about they were at the scramble. and they were saying like, "There's no point. You just can't see everything. There's just too much there." Um, and speaking of those two guys, and um, they were there. Um, I think everyone in the motoring. The British modern media was there they were there Henry Cashball was there Smith and Smith were there um Diego Franchitti Kitty was there because obviously he's the he's like the um, certainly like a marketing man for for GMA I don't know if he's actually a development driver but anyway, he's very uh, very heavily involved in the Gordon Marie automotive story and um, he was there um, There was a lot of people there I didn't see anyone um I did see um Smith petrol aka Richard Porter real name I did see his uh, his panda hunter horsepower in the car park um that's about as close as i saw seeing anyone um, of note but um yeah if you have i don't know when the next one is but um if you can get yourself tickets to the uh to the scramble you should and um, because it's, it's it's worth it's worth the effort living in the uk you should definitely go because you could also just get in your car or some form of public transport maybe and get there um, but even if you to go to the efforts that I went to um, and fly to the UK and uh, rent a car and be sleep deprived while you're sick, um, it's always, it's it's still completely worth it. Um, yeah, so yeah, the scramble. That was probably the only interesting thing that I've done in my motoring life um, over the last couple of weeks because, yeah, as I said, there's nothing I can't like. I've said this a hundred million times before in this podcast, I look every day on the classifieds for a car to buy, and uh, there just isn't anything. It's either something that's ridiculously overpriced, um, or it's just something completely dull and uninteresting, or both, which happens to be the case. Um, <clears throat> yeah, so I'm, I'm currently still carless. Um, I was going to walk down um classic car laneway, but the lads are... Uh, Lads are poking at stuff um so I won't I won't wander down there and start taking photos because I really can't do anything it's a public street um, but still don't create um don't create uh tension where it doesn't need to be created. Um there's well, Dennis Dennis bin truck by me to be loud and smelly. Sorry about that. Um sorry again I I know I apologise every week for how terrible and rambly Non-structured. This podcast is, and well, there's no, no, no different this week. Um, we didn't see anything interesting as well while walking around. Well, some mildly interesting stuff that 432 golf and 512 uh, four Mercedes and oh, I said see, I also saw a a GT an Alpha GT Alpha GTV. What can I? That not the GTV six of eighties fame, the one that's the spider. Do they call them GTAs, GTVs. Shit, I should know. in my mind. Um, but yeah. As I say, I'm 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 getting very ramby. There's a of or a Fabia VRS second generation. I suppose that's might be interesting. Yeah, I'll take a photo of that now. Uh, yep. Um. Yeah, this, this 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 podcast is terrible. I re, at some point I'll get to a I'll get to a level um, where it's, what am I even saying? What, I think we've, we can conclude I can't walk and talk. Um, yeah, maybe, maybe sitting down indoors is the way to do it. I, suppose I should talk motorsport. I haven't mentioned motorsport at all yet. Um, yeah, good good bits happened over. Still, I last spoke to you. Um, motorcycles being too loud. Kind of cool, a bright orange, that was like a Ninja, that was an MGB, MGB, yeah, it's a wedding car, um, what was I going to say, yeah, motorsport, Um yeah, so a fair bit happened of to you then, over two weeks, that I last spoke to you, um, two rounds of the World Endurance Championship, there was the six hours of Portimao, it was won by Toyota, surprisingly, and then there was the, uh, the six hours of Spa-Francorchamps in Belgium, which was uh, also won by Toyota, unsurprisingly, because Toyota have a two-year head start on everyone else in the hypercar field, um, which to me seems like an insurmountable um, a head start for, for anyone else on the grid to catch up with. Now, to be fair, um, Ferrari have run, run them relatively close in qualifying, um, in the, in the few rounds, the three rounds we've had so far. Um, but when it comes to race pace, they're on a different level. Like the number eight Toyota, um, started last in Frank, in Spa, because um, of, of a crash in qualifying. Um, and I think it finished third overall in the end. Or actually, I think they might have actually had a retired one. But it was running third very, very soon. A very quick place. I think By about ten, it was already third. Um, even though it started last, um, yeah, I don't know. Um, we shall see. Uh, I, uh, there's a potential there for it to be a great era for the World, World Endurance Championship because, you know, Toyota, Ferrari, Porsche, very um, very Porsche, Peugeot, Lincoln House, Cadillac, um, Lamborghini will be joining in soon. Um, the Spa we had the first privateer Porsche as well, uh, Jota. Brought their car um, and did reasonably well. I think they finished in the top five. Again, this is stuff I should have uh, written down but I'd have the information right in front of me. But I'm walking and talking. Um, uh, that car was actually up a bit well. Again, think it was a show car, but the, yeah, the Joda Porsche was at this heritage. It was actually parked beside the Gordon Maria Automotive T50. Uh, um, yeah, so but like, um, I think in both races, um, certainly in Spa anyway, one of the uh, of each hypercar retired. So we did at least have a mixed podium of boat races. Portimao, I think it was, it was Toyota, Toyota Ferrari Porsche. and um, I think possibly the same as Spa. And um, remember, like a fucking goldfish. I did watch and um, watched the first hour of both uh, Portimao, uh, the first hour and the last hour of Portimao. And I watched the first hour of Spa. and I watched the last like four hours of Spa. Um, cause it was a big old weekend of motorsport, last weekend, there was that and then there was the um, there was the Azerbaijan Grand Prix, which was a sprint weekend, so they had qualifying on the Friday and then there was a full day of action, it's sprint Saturday, which is what they call it, they had sprint qualifying, sprint race all in one day and then there was the, the full-blown race on the Sunday, which I'll talk about now at the moment. Them. yeah the WEC. um yeah um in portimao as well yeah af Corsa ferrari um or well, the, the richard richard meal and uh, the watch company um af ferrari uh, one in gtm and what's what oh, your one's name Pin, p-i-n that's her first name i'm gonna have to look this up um oh great my phone's Frozen. That, hopefully, that means it's still recording. I think it is. Um, let me look up your one's name. Your one. Sorry, it's so disrespectful. Um, but the, 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 late, the, the obviously there's the trio of drivers in each in each car. Um, but in the, is it pin? Oh, for fuck's sake! Uh, hang on. Pause. How many minutes are we in? Thirty-four minutes. Hang on, one second. Oh, there we go. Where did I get peen from? Uh, Lilou uh, Wadou. Wado, oh, for fuck's sake. Why would anyone listen to this shit? I'm so terrible. Um, Lilu Lilou, It's L-I-L-O-U-W-A-D-O-U-X. Lilou Wadou. Um, anyway, regardless of me getting her name wrong and being disrespectful, um, she's the first woman to win uh, a WEC race, uh, which is great to see. And I believe she's young enough. I think she's 20. Um, why isn't someone like her... Uh, at least been given a Formula 1 test or a GP2 drive or even a GP3 drive because um, the FIA have launched, even though there's actually no FIA branding on the series itself because um, obviously they had W Series which, one uh, for a better phrase went tits up um, which is an all-woman series Um, which was terrible um, and now they've changed it and it's called the, the, it's the FIA the Academy, I can't remember. Basically, it's again an all female racing series, which I just think is disrespectful to women racing drivers. And um, basically, saying they're basically saying you can't compete with the boys, so we're going to create a series for you. Um, which is bullshit because, it, like, a female racing driver, as shown by Lilu here in the WEC, can be as if not more competitive than any male racing driver. The only problem is. There isn't, there isn't the uh, the infrastructure there for uh, girls to get into sports as much as it is for boys. Okay, you know, there's no, we can't argue. Um, boys are more into motorsport than girls are. It's just one of those things. Um, the woke won't, won't like me saying that, but it's true. But there are definitely plenty of women racing drivers out there who are um, talented, but just don't get the opportunities. Um, and I don't think this, like, this, this FIA Academy thing is the way to do it. There is a 911 906, looks like a GT3 but it's not, it's a Carrera, it's a tip on a Carrera which so I've seen it a few times how a lad drives up um, what I'm saying yeah, but um, there clearly are female racing drivers out there who, who deserve a chance, but they need to be given the chances in the categories that actually lead to uh, a proper path to to Formula One, or at least some form of of high-end single-seater racing, IndyCar. Um, Obviously, there has been some in the past, but just, like, I don't know. Like, I feel like the powers that be are half-assing trying to get more um, female competitors into the sport because they have to be seen to be doing so in this... uh, in this one again, one for a better phrase, woke um, environment we live in these days. But they're doing it as just a, as a, as a kind of a. What's what? Jesus Christ! Why does anyone listen to this? No, no one does. But why do I even bother? I'm just so fucking awful. Words escape me? Um, it's a, it's a, it's a half-assed attempt just to, to make it look like they're making efforts, um, rather than actually putting any. There's an, an old classic Range Rover. Um, parked beside a 161 um, Range Rover Sport I don't normally like taking pictures of people's driveways But for these purposes I will And there's a This, this speed camera van is here often A speed camera van on the canal Such an unnecessary Money making market um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to wrap this up now In a moment because this is, This is truly terrible At some point I'll get to a stage where um, This isn't terrible even even me trying to explain how terrible it is it's terrible. Um, yeah. So what what else was I going to say? Oh yeah, Formula One. So we had the um, Azerbaijan Grand Prix um, there last weekend. Weekend just gone. Um, yeah, it was a, a sprint weekend. So qualifying the new format they have for, for sprint weekends, which there will be six of this year. It's been the first one. Is we'll have main qualifying on a Friday, which is a bit awkward because. Most people work on Friday afternoons, um. So yeah, qualifying for the for the race on Sunday will happen on Friday. So there'll be one practice session. There'll be an F1 on Friday morning. Qualifying for the main race on Friday, and Saturday, they had sprint qualifying, which the sessions are slightly shorter than normal qualifying, and they have to use they have to use the medium tire in Q3, and then i used the soft in both Q2 and Q1, and had to it had to be a new set, um, which caught out both Lando Norris and Yuki Tsunoda. Um, it meant that they they or, was it the, the were, were, yeah? So they used they used a new set of softs. They use an extra set of softs, I think, each in the spring qualifying, which left them short a set for qualifying. No, how did that work? Oh, yeah. Sorry. No. So, yeah, so They had to use a new set of... This is showing you how confusing. I'm a diehard Formula One fan. And I'm confusing myself. So, they, they use an extra set of softs in the main qualifying on Friday, which left them set-ish set set. <laughs> left them short... A set of new softs for the spring qualifying, which which didn't matter for yuki because yuki um yuki hit the wall in the first part of qualifying for the sprint race which took him out but it meant lando um couldn't take part in qualifying three in the sprint qualifying because he didn't have a new set of um software to use Um, but hey oh there you go um but anyway charles the clerk managed to get pole in both the sprint qualifying and main qualifying, so we started on both races. Um he managed to hang on to second in the sprint race. Um he got she got passed by by um Checo um at the start. Well I think it was a couple of laps in once DRS is opened. Anyway, the long and short of, the, of what I'm gonna say about the Formula One in 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 Baku. um Was like, yeah, so Charles managed to get one lap pace and get pole in both races. But we all kind of knew the pace of the Red Bull in the race um, would come to the fore, which it did in both races. Um, Check Perez, beat Charles. um, So many competitive sessions. I'm I'm thinking, am I confusing the main race with the sprint race? In the sprint race, yeah, in the sprint race, Um, Checo jumped the clerk once the DRS was open, which which opened up on lap one. After lap one. But no, there was the safety car after lap one. I can't even remember. Anyway. The pace of the Red Bull with DRS open meant they were able to breeze by. So their overtakes were just you know, DRS there's it, um, an E90 M- M5 that gone white, didn't so get a picture of, and it's kind of a dark blue, nice. Um, where am I? What the fuck am I saying? Um, yeah, so, so they, were out, they the, the Red Bulls were able to easily get by, other than um, Max wasn't able, to, wasn't able to get by Charles in the sprint race, because he got tagged by George Russell going into turn two. Um, which took a hole out of his uh, side pod, and he, he, he lacked a bit of pace. Although he still looked comfortably to, to finish uh, P three. Um, so yeah, so the Red Bulls were able to to breeze past Charles Leclerc um, in with the DRS. Um, that's only because the DRS on the Red Bull is incredibly effective. Um, it's already the fastest car by a country mile on the grid anyway. Um, and then the way it uses DRS, it's, it sleeps in bounds. I think it was 25 kilometers an hour faster than the Ferrari with DRS open, which is incredibly significant. Um, but then, for some reason, they shortened the DRS zone in Baku this year um, by 100 meters. But then also, with the change in regulations this year, um, stopped the and the raised ride heights and the, the, the reduction in the, in the floors, um, on the cars um, it's made the, the cars harder to follow each other um, and then with the shortened DRS no one was really able to overtake so it was a very much a bit of both races were, were quite uh, processional after the first lap or two um, now there actually was some good overtakes um, but we just didn't see them on the, on the main feed and again with my cynical conspiracy theory hat on um, was both Sky and F1 TV have the options now, where you can flick between the onboard cameras. So if there is some sort of battle going on, um, or the or the possibility of an overtake, and um, the user has the option to, uh, to, to 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 switch to whatever whatever battle they want to watch. But of course, that means um, you have to pay first. But like I pay nearly forty euro a month to have Now TV. Uh, the sports package, so I can watch Formula One, um, and because the only other option would be to have a, a full Sky contract, um, which would be I don't know, a ludicrous amount of money, um, and I don't have TV, I don't watch TV, so why would I? Um, because and because they, Sky have exclusive rights in the UK and Ireland for Formula One, and it means that which means we can't get F1 TV. Um, and I would more than happily pay for F1 TV. I think, I think an annual search for F1 TV is 150 euro a year, which is, is, is I, as a Formula One fan, I'd be, I'd be more than happy to pay that You get good quality, reliable streaming of Formula One and have all the options of flicking between cameras. Anyway, as I was trying to round about way, what I'm trying to say is with my cynical conspiracy theory hat on, I think. The, the the producers, the TV producers, are being told to to not show some action in the Formula One to try and coerce people into paying the extra money to either get you know the full Sky package because they have to have the full Sky package to have the red button or to be able to scan the QR code. as they keep as keeps telling us to um and yeah, I think you have to have Sky Q or Sky Glass, like the the more advanced version of Sky. Um, to have these options, and and also you know, okay, it's to try and coax people away from from using illegitimate streams, which admittedly at one point I did do in my life. But the, the reason I pay for Now TV is because you can't rely on um, on illegitimate streams for all the obvious reasons. Um, I don't know. It's it's a, bring back free to air. Why is it all about? Why is it all about the vengeance? Like, there's enough money being made through Formula One and Bernie's gone, so, like, there's no excuse there. I don't know, I'm getting, I'm, I'm going, I'm getting rambly off topic, so I'm going to wrap this up now because it's it's been more terrible than expected. Um, next time I do an outdoor one, I'll probably try and, uh, I'll try and, um, I'll try and be more prepared. Um, I just felt like, I, I very much felt like I had to do a podcast this week because because I fell behind over the last couple of weeks and didn't record anything um but for anyone who has been listening um i'm not going to do a, a classified point of the week because again for obvious reasons i'm completely unprepared and don't have anything in front of me and um i'm also not going to do a youtube channel um of the week for the same reasons but um i will give you a music uh, recommendation of the week um it's it's again it's an entire album rather than a track um the national have released a new album um, just during the week there last week. I think I think it's called The First Two Pages of Frankenstein, if my memory serves me correct. Now, um, yeah, if you don't like The National, it's not going to sway your opinion of them. Um, but if you do like them, you'll love this. It's some of their best work in a, in a while, I, I personally think. Um, and then if you're not familiar with The National at all, it might be a good way for you to get into them. Um, check that out. Um, yeah, The First Two Pages of Frankenstein, I'm pretty sure it's the name of the album. But yeah, look. If you look up the national, it'll be the most recent thing that you know, pops up on whatever um, avenue you consume your music from. Um, so yeah, um, so yeah. If, if anyone has been listening, and um, God bless you. Um, I know I say every week it's terrible, but <laughs> this one really was terrible. Um, but thank you for listening. Uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna keep trying. I'm, I'm aiming to try and uh, create more be better and uh, God, it's, 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 I can't even I can't even get the words out to, to say I'm terrible right I'm going to stop talking now Um, have a lovely week uh, be safe be well I'll talk to you again soon bye